Welcome to Nightcap with B. Brown. Today we have a great topic for you. We are talking about sexual liberation. And joining me in the conversation, we have Nadia Karen from Boudoir by NK. We have Miss Taja Ricketts from Satin Kiss Enterprises and Victoria Randberg from Pity Pink Lotus Bud. Welcome, ladies. Before I jump into questions, please share a little bit with the audience about yourself, your platform, and your business. Nadia, we'll start with you. Yes. Uh, Hey, everyone. Uh, Nadia Karen here from Boudoir by NK. I am a wedding photographer turned into just a simple boudoir photographer. Uh, Boudoir photography is all about celebrating the sexy of what is a woman. Uh, So through my work, I get the opportunity to work with people, uh, women all over um, New York specifically, uh, that's where I'm located, but getting a chance to work with women to kind of find their sexy, uh, and I take pictures of them (laughs) so that they can share. (laughs) Nice, nice. Taja? Okay. Hello, beautiful people. My name is Taja Ricketts. I am the owner of Satin Kiss Enterprises, or Satin Kiss for short. Essentially what I do is I help people lead healthy, happy sex lives. So I have an online store selling all body safe sexual health and pleasure products. It's called satinkiss.me. So www.satinkiss.me. I focus on, again, body safety and inclusivity. So making sure that people of color and people of different sexual identities are represented in the product offerings as well as the services that I provide. So I do one-on-one and couples toy consulting. I also do workshops and educational toy parties where uh, people get, I get an idea of what people's sexual health outcomes are, and we come together, whether it's all men, female, um, co-ed even, so all of them, and I got into it to make sure that, again, people of different walks of lives could have access to the sexual health and pleasure outcomes that they deserve. Nice. Victoria, rounding it out. Yes, my name is Victoria Ransberg. I am a sex blogger, call myself a sex writer, orgasm advocate. I started the Women's Orgasms Matter hashtag, and I am a community healer. I basically talk candidly on the internet about my sexual experiences and my self-exploration, and I use that as a platform to empower women and educate women about their bodies and kind of stamp out the patriarchy and stereotypes when it comes to sexuality. Nice. Thank you, ladies, for sharing. I'm excited about this conversation. <laughs> Got a bunch of questions. Okay, so let's start by defining sexual liberation. What does being sexually liberated mean to you? Anyone can jump in. Okay, I'll start. <laughs> so, I when I started my blog, sexual liberation was my goal because I didn't feel sexually liberated. I didn't feel like I could talk about things. I could say things openly. And then I started thinking about like, why do I feel this way? So to me, I think sexual liberation is being comfortable with who you are sexually, whatever that looks like, whether that looks like BDSM, kink, whether that looks vanilla, just being comfortable in who that is and being able to articulate that and explain that and and freely explore that if you don't know what that is. So that's, to me, what sexual liberation is. And when I think about it in regards to photography, it's all about being able to explore one's own uh, definition of what someone feels uh, would be sexy. So when I ask and or, or when I'm working with clients, one of the biggest things that they're looking for is just like, how do they celebrate themselves? Mm-hmm. They come to me with like the mindset of just like, you know, I want to give this as a gift to my fiance or my partner and all of that. And slowly but surely it turns into a gift for themselves. And then it's like, "Eh, they can get this, but this actually (laughs) helped me so much to kind of understand who I am and that I can actually look beautiful and like really, but they're defining what that beauty is Mm -hmm. uh, for themselves. And I'm just helping to exude that uh, through photos. Okay. Okay. I like that. I would say... It is the ability to recognize your sexuality as something that's natural, something that's just a part of your regular everyday life and not something that's taboo, something that needs to be hidden and and reserved for a certain space and time and a certain aspect of yourself just locked away. Um, The ability to explore that freely without the stigma. Uh, When I first started, like I I had to go through a lot of my own um, sexual hangups. I had to 
um, do a lot of deep digging to get through a lot of those things. And so now I'm kind of on a course to help other people do the same thing. Like there's so many people that look at sex as something that's like this dirty thing. It's like this thing where, you know, you can only do it in a relationship. You can you can only do it if your if your numbers below your body count is below a certain point, or if it's only with a man and a woman. If it's only that, and then, no, it's supposed it's it's not supposed to be anything. It's supposed to be consensual. It's supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be awkward sometimes. It's whatever you want it to be in the moment that you're doing it. Again, as long as you and whoever you're doing it with, whether it's one or more people, everybody's consenting and everybody's communicating and everybody's having fun. Agree. And you touched upon something that leads into the next question, which is what led you into this line of work of sexual liberation and sex positivity? Mm -hmm. um, so I got out of a relationship in like five years now. So I got out of that relationship and I started to, and, and through that entire hot mess of a situation, I was able to, <laughs> I was able to take time after to recover and think like, okay, well, I've been in this relationship for like, five years like what 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 do I want like what I need to explore myself just as an individual but then also sexually like I've been with this just this one person for the last five years mm -hmm. so I started to for one I mean like through therapy sessions and things like that and, and journaling and everything else just figuring out like okay if I start dating after this like what's that experience going to be like sexually because I was I was raised you know in a religious household where sex was it wasn't it wasn't um there, there wasn't like a strict shame put around it, but there was enough of it to where it was like, well, sex isn't the worst thing in the world, but only do it when you're married and only do it with one person and only do it when, you, or you're going to get pregnant or you're going to get a disease or someone's going to break your heart and that's it. And so it was like, okay. Um, so I had to unravel that if I was going to move forward in a healthy way. Um, and then I figured like, okay, I, I, I find different things that, you know, I want to explore as far as like BDSM and kink and things like that. And I wanted to understand what that meant for myself and how I navigated the world and everything else. And so. Um, I started buying my own toys, and I started to look at the kind of toys that were out there. For one, I didn't know what I was doing because I'd never purchased sex toys before. I knew what they looked like, knew what they were. But then I was like, okay, so which toys do what? And um, so I tried to look at, um, so I, I took a look at the different uh, toys that were out there, and trying to figure out for one what each toy does but then also realizing like there are a lot of different materials out there that I can't decipher which one is which mm -hmm. so I did a lot of research like trial and error and buying these toys and realizing like some of these are toxic I probably shouldn't be buying this and I had this thought of like well why don't I why don't I just create what I'm not seeing why don't I create a website where it's already filtered through people don't have to search through all these products to figure out which products are good for them or not and have somebody kind of guide them through to see like well help them navigate like what i i'm looking for this kind of toy which one should i get another thing too that i was looking at is whenever i went to look for things that were flesh toned there were no people of color i mean like there were occasionally like you'll find like a brown one here or there but like mm -hmm. that were more flat that were flesh toned like you would see like a lot of beige a lot of nude that didn't look like what i look like nude and i'm like well, that's interesting <laughs> and if I I had to like sort through and find like the brown ones the, the mid-tone ones the caramel ones and it's like okay so your well, curiosity is what kind of got you into this space right and so I figured like okay that and you know so I figured okay I'm gonna put every all of those things together to represent a range of different colors a range of different sexual identities needs and things like that um also different uh differently able people and all that like there are a lot of people that aren't being acknowledged in these spaces and then having one-on-ones with people after I'd gone through that whole process of me exploring myself and, and getting over my sexual hangups and actually exploring mm -hmm. the BDSM world and all that other stuff, um, I found myself coaching other people. And I, it became so natural that it was like, okay, there's a need there. And especially talking to other people of color, it's like, no one's talking to us about this stuff. We're, mm -hmm. we're still terrified to have these conversations. And a lot of it's hush-hush. And I'm like, we shouldn't be so afraid. It shouldn't be such a limited, restrictive thing. And so that's how I got into like the consulting and everything else. Like I wanted to help people. I wanted to make it, make it accessible to us because we deserve to have quality sexual experiences that aren't like packed into a corner somewhere with all the stigma and layers of socialization and stuff like that. So that's how I got into it. Okay. A lot. <laughs> Which is great. Who wants to follow up? <laughs> okay. Adia yeah, Victoria. Which one? Um, well, me, I was, I was very sexually liberated as a, a younger person, I would say, like, um, 
teenager going into my college years, I was very sexually liberated. Um, I never had these plans of getting married and doing all of these other things. Um, but then like getting older and things, my uncle actually pulled me to the side and he had this conversation with me about settling down and the pickings getting slim and all of this type of stuff. And I was like, wait, what? Huh? Cause I wasn't really thinking about stuff like that. So then I ended up meeting, um, meeting my husband and we ended up, it wasn't even something we really thought about or really talked about. We, it was just something that, you know, kind of like how my uncle pulled me to, to the side, like, oh, this is the next step. This is what mm -hmm. you were supposed to do next. And so we ended up getting married. We had our daughter. We, you know, we did all of those things. But in the relationship, I felt so stuck. And I kept having this thought like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? Why did I do this? You know, because it wasn't me. And then fast forward, you know, the, the relationship fell apart. And I talked about this in um, the book I co-authored, Sex After Divorce. Um, and the relationship kind of fell apart. And I kind of allowed it to because I wanted that freedom to continue to explore myself. So I just kind of rekindled something that was already there within me. But then I just started learning new things about myself. And I needed an outlet. And I wanted to talk about it. And I wanted to share it. And I felt like, we need to talk about these things more. So I started a blog. And then once I started a blog, there was this entire community of uh, sexual health professionals, bloggers, toy reviewers, and they ended up um, kind of putting together a scholarship for me and two other bloggers of color to go to a sex conference. And mm -hmm. then that's just kind of got like all into it and just really- They turned you out, girl. Yeah, got to see the <laughs> behind it. And I just like was really inspired by everything because I didn't even know that world existed, but it was something that, that I needed to help help me, you know. <laughs> okay. And Nadia, you're coming from wedding photography into this. How yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Huge difference uh for what I do now. But I've been a photographer for now ten years. Um and so and I did a lot of weddings, portraits. Uh, maternity and like fine arts type of photography for a very long time so that was about like five years but the thing is with weddings after a while they get so repetitive and it's the same and you have no creative uh, direction um, beyond some poses during a certain time but the checklist of what you need to go through to be a wedding photographer is like okay great I got the one with the bride and the groom got the one walking down the aisle I got mm -hmm. this it was just it became so routine uh, and I just wanted more uh, beyond that. And then I did, uh, one of my good friends actually from high school hit me up and was like, hey, I'm turning 35. I want to be able to do uh, a different type of shoot. I see all your pictures all the time. Can you like take my photo, like take my pictures, but boudoir? And I was like, hmm, I can. <laughs> and then from there, honestly, it, blew up like from our first time shooting together and just having the ability to kind of walk her through the entire process like Tasia said it's like that consulting piece of just like getting somebody else to explore themselves mm -hmm. uh is something exciting it's like no so walking through her her process helping her pick her outfits like putting everything together and it's like nope here's the makeup we're gonna go with what type of studio background you want mm -hmm. being able to do all of that just kind of made it so much more appealing for me and then after her shoot it took off because she had friends of friends of friends that just also need. never thought of themselves taking boudoir pictures um especially because it's like i don't want to take it for like who am i taking it for but after hers it was like oh my gosh i need me a set of those just to have <laughs> in my house just in case uh and I, I kid you not, um, from transferring into Boudoir, it's been such a benefit and a joy uh, to kind of be able to show clients their pictures at the end. Uh, and my turnaround is literally within 24 hours, you'll see your pictures. Oh, it's uh, So it's like, it's not this Edited? Huge, oh, no. I took the pictures, now you got three weeks. <laughs> Whereas when I was doing weddings, oh my gosh, it was like the wedding was this day, but it took me three weeks or so to kind of edit and go through pictures. So now it's like, oh my gosh, instant gratification and just exciting. That's because you enjoy what you're doing. Makes sense. 
I think so too. <laughs> so on a scale from one to 10, one being very basic, very beginner, 10 being I got to find some new stuff to do because I've done everything that I can think of. How would you rate your level of sexual exploration? Lord, that's a great question. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, honestly, uh -huh. for me personally, I would say I'm like an eight. There are okay. a few things. Yes, I am like an eight. There are like a few things that I just haven't tried yet. And I'm just like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to try them. But I'm close to, I want to say like I'm an eight, I'm not super free yet with everything, but I've done quite a few things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to be about a nine. I, I, a nine I'll, I'll say nine because I know there are things that I haven't heard of yet. <laughs> and then there are things that I'm like, okay, I haven't, like there are a few things on the list where I'm like, haven't explored that quite yet, but it's on the list, the thing I'm into. Yeah, I've pretty much gone there with, with all the things I want to do. Okay, we got eight, <laughs> nine. Okay, so I don't know. I know how much is out there because I've gone to so many sex conferences. Oh, <laughs> 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 so that I've done a lot of things. So I don't know. I don't know where the you said you holding up ten fingers. You, yeah, you probably you probably at ten. We probably at eight, nine, nine ten. <laughs> I, I literally, I've literally tried it all like under kink BDSM. I've gone to fetish parties. I've like done so much. I won't say it, it's all because I don't know. Like like you said, what everything is out there. But I have tried a lot because I'm very open. I'm very like, hmm, I'll try it. If I don't like it, I'll never do it again, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'm very open to to trying everything. And there have been things I've come across where I'm like, no, I'm cool. I'm not going to do that again, you know. Yeah. So you're but, about a 9.5. We're going to hold off that other point five. Okay. Okay. So the next section I was gonna do these rapid fire questions, but now that everybody's an eight, nine, and a, a nine point five, <laughs> I pretty much think I know the answer to these. So they're one word or two word answers, and you answer them quick. So, first one: You're in a movie theater. Your partner wants to have sex. Are you doing it? Yes or no? Yes. Yep. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know right out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many positions do you think you've tried? Oh, oh, oh goodness. I've actually gone through an entire book. So it's like, I'm just like, let's, I'm just like, oh, let's go to that one next. Like, I don't know the names of all of them. I just flow with it. So I can't even give it a. No, a number. Just like, just a number. A like, number. 25. 50. 22. 22. Okay, 15. we got 22. 22 sounds like a great number. No. We got a whole book and we got 22. <laughs> <laughs> you still thinking, Taja? No, I said 15. I was oh, like, 15? I, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Oh my God, that's just a round it off. That was a safe answer. Random number off the dough. <laughs> if you were caught self-pleasing, would you stop or would you finish? Finish. I'm a finish. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> she's like no 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 this was supposed to be a solo act i didn't ask for nobody else's eyes okay okay spit or swallow 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 spit <laughs> you were really shocking me <laughs>
and Kay, you said group. Group. Yeah. Okay. And I said group as well. I don't know. I haven't done group, so I can only stick with two. <laughs> but with with fifty percent saying group, you never know. Okay. <laughs> Whips and nipple clips or hot wax and oil. Whips and clips. Whips and nipple clips. Mm -hmm. Wax and oil. Yes. <laughs> hey, wax and oil. I don't wear wax and oil. <laughs> nipple clips, I but you know I heard after being a while. <laughs> 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 I put the clips right. on. <laughs> Favorite position. Doggy. Riding. Missionary. <laughs> <laughs> It's efficient. It's effective. Get the job done. Okay. All right. Sex toys. Use them often or hardly ever? Often. I'm, I'm damn well better. Uh, often. <laughs> often and handy. Okay. Um, hardly ever. Hardly ever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Taja, what'd you say? Often. Often. Okay. Often, mm -hmm. often, hardly ever. Often. Okay. Do you prefer to take control or be submissive? Depends yeah. on the situation. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it very much depends. Yeah. It depends. For me, it depends on whether this person can take control because some people cannot. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, then I'm taking over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but if you can and I like how you're going, I'm going to go with relax. Exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay. I, I, I definitely agree with Victoria. Like it, it depends. It's just a matter of if you can actually handle that mm -hmm. that side of things. But I don't mind being submissive uh, <laughs> when it boils down to it. Let's work. I'm with it. Okay. <laughs> um, so this one's a little longer um answer. You can stretch your answer out. But what's the craziest sexcapade you've had thus far? Crazy. Um. So this is a little bit of sex work. Yes. Okay. But um, somebody offered to pay me three hundred and fifty dollars to see me step on food and then to jack off to the, the to this this scene. So that to was the, like the to the thing. to the mashed food <laughs> to the mashed food to the bare feet to the. Okay, that sounds like an easy three hundred. Tell them I'll step on some food for three hundred. I'm like, that's an easy three hundred. Yeah, but it was crazy, and people think it's crazy without telling. I mean, it sounds like the visual is crazy. Wow, that's a fetish for you. Mm-hmm. I'll say the most intense thing I've done is so like the the next level stuff that I've done is sounding. That that's actually one of my one of on the kink side of things. I'm Sounding, definitely. What's sounding? <clears throat> okay. Sounding is a sounding rod. So imagine like, okay, you know like a hair pick, right? Mm -hmm. You know those metal rods at the end of it? Oh. Imagine you take one of those off. No, no, no. Imagine you have one of those, just a metal rod, right? Uh-huh. And you have a penis and you stick it into the urethra. Okay. So mostly men are into it, but they receive pleasure by inside the, the urethra by the rod being in there. And there are different sizes. So they get bigger and wider as you go. But that, mm, that's that, a hell of a fetish. Uh, this is so much fun. I just want to, it's, it's at the top. It's at the top of the list. But sounding, sounding is amazing. But it's not something you just jump into. That's like after you've been in some stuff for a while and you've read up on it and you know what you're doing. You have to have to use like sterile. It sounds like you hurt somebody. Yeah. Yeah, you can. You definitely can. You, it, like, you have to use sterile lube um, and not just like, you know, there are specifically sterilized lubes that you can get. Um, you have to be careful with it. The other person has to really be into it. Like, you don't just go, hey, let's try something new tonight. Like, you don't do it. Uh -huh. I'll say that's probably like the, the more extreme end of things. Um, okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't have anything as, <laughs> as crazy as me. Um, I would say I would have had, um, I, I just had like one partner, no matter what, regardless of anything, like their go-to was just to eat my ass. Like it was, it was the, the thing. one thing That's that the they thing. called. 
they called for. It was like, I can, I can do anything. They will take me out, take a job and do whatever, as long as I let them keep my ass. <laughs> that was it. it was That's like, an easy thing, too. That's an easy lift, yeah, too. Exactly. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so open. Mm-hmm. And we're going to shift a little bit to talk about intimacy. Mm-hmm. So when I think about intimacy, I think about emotional closeness with myself or a connection with my partner, right? And it's less about the physical act of sex. How important do you think self-intimacy is? Self-intimacy. Mm-hmm. Self-intimacy is imperative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's the most important part of, I mean... You know, some people are looking for just, I guess, sex, but some people, most people are looking for connection. But I think from either either part of it, you have to know who you are and what you want. And I think that's, that is an important component to, to intimacy, knowing who you are, knowing who you want, what you want, and, and things like that. Yeah, to me, it's like, that's what you need, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. to that? Yeah, you have to, like, like I definitely agree that it has to come from within. Like, you can't tell somebody else, like, you can't expect somebody else to know what you want sexually. Like, you have to know what you want first. But then also just the self-care element of it, like, taking care of yourself before somebody else does. Like, you, you can't just wait for that sexual act with another person to be fulfilled. And even emotionally, or even as a person in general, being able to be alone with yourself and still feeling just as good whether you're mm-hmm. pleasuring yourself or not, but just having that alone time, just having that, like, working on that inner feeling of, like, I'm enough. I'm happy with myself. I love myself. Being able to look at yourself, and I do it all the time. Look, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I do me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you can you like, yeah. Your own pictures can turn you on, I'm telling you. You feel like, damn, you look good in that. It's important. It's like you you need that, like to feel good about yourself and what you feel about yourself. You're gonna radiate to your partner. You're gonna be able to teach them how to love you and how to please you, and vice versa. It's just gonna it's gonna be like a little love fest going on. But it starts. <laughs> yes, I definitely agree. It starts with you. Um, in order, if you don't understand intimacy yourself, there's no way that you can then give that to somebody else and then enjoy the moment. Um, mm-hmm. because if you know how it feels and how it actually. Uh, impacts you you want to actually be able to give that to somebody else in in a meaningful way okay so we're all on board self-intimacy and we're all loving self right yes okay all right so I have conversations with women some of them are in committed relationships some of them just have partners and a lot of them are afraid to admit that they're bored in the bedroom they don't want to hurt their partner's feelings they don't want to feel judged so what are some ways someone can explore sexual boundaries with their partner? This is a big one, uh, B. <laughs> because honestly, I think in order for it, in order for you to explore, somebody else has to be willing to mm-hmm. explore. I've been in relationships where it was like, I'm fighting a wall to get what I would, what I wanted, or just like, like to get it to another level. And that's not necessarily healthy, but it was because like they were unable to open up further. So I may be liberated and like super open into like exploring and trying new things. But if my partner is not there and I, I tried the baby steps and stages, let me do this. Let me try to introduce this. Ooh, can we watch this so we can kind of look at other people and Mm -hmm. then no, but that was because that person was so close-minded. Uh-huh. Uh, and the one thing that they said to me was like, I don't want my, like, that's not something I want to do with my wife or like somebody that I'm like really interested in. And I'm like, so you want to do this with a random person? So it was just like, but you got to make sure that matches up uh, first, but definitely want to hear from these two. <laughs> <laughs> I usually tell people to, um, for, for one, make sure that that trust factor is there between mm-hmm. both people, like that you're able to communicate. Communication is a huge part of it and um, not be judgmental, but to be comfortable enough first in yourself to say like, okay, this is what I want. There's nothing wrong with it. Now I can bring it to this other person to say, hey, and maybe a fun way. It doesn't have to be like 
you know, um, as long as you're comfortable with it at first and you go to the other person and not tell them this is what we're going to do or else, um, or say, I want to do this and that's it. Like you, you introduce the idea in a fun way. Don't spring it on them, but introduce it to them. Like, in, like, don't be in the moment and say, Hey, we're going to do Don't show up with a bag of stuff and be like, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> right. Like, no. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a lighthearted conversation. Like, you know, Hey, I was thinking about trying this. And seeing how the conversation goes, if there's any judgment, then to say, okay, well, where's, where's the judgment coming from? Then to have, having a conversation about, like, what's behind the feelings of these things. Um, and sometimes it's, that leads to conversations about, well, maybe can we introduce alternative lifestyle things, like alternative, like, different kinds of relationships? Can we do an open relationship? Can we do parties? Can we do swinger parties? Like, there are different ways to introduce what you want to do, but as long as you're talking about it and being honest and, and, and upfront about all of that, I think that's the best place to start. Victoria, you have anything to add? Um, yes. So this is actually very, very important. When I do workshops sometimes and when I'm talking one-on-one -on -one with people, I always recommend sex checklists. And I don't, I haven't made one myself because there's so many on the internet and they have different ones. I know the Bad Girl Bible has a BDSM um, sex checklist. And basically I recommend people, like if you're a partner, doing them separately. Like your partner does a sex checklist, you do a sex checklist, and then you guys come together and kind of look at what you guys thought you were interested in, what you tried, what's your experience in it, you know, or what's your level of interest in it. So different checklists will have different things on it, but usually it's like a yes, no, maybe uh, one to five based on your level of experience in whatever is in the category. And it has everything. So from those checklists, you can kind of get an idea of what your partner's into, what they might be interested in. And also you can get an idea of some things that you guys might want to try, some new things, some things you may not have ever, ever heard of. So that is a really, really, really good way to kind of set boundaries when you're experiencing with a new partner or a current partner or something like that. And how early do you introduce this to said partner? <laughs> that that sex checklist as yeah. soon as possible as soon as you know that this is a person that you want to to have sex with you know what I mean and, and you let them know like hey this is no pressure but you know on your own time just take a look at it explore it you know kind of mm -hmm. complete it and then we can come together and kind of talk about it you know people are better with that I'm better with that like I did a sex checklist by myself and when I went out to parties like fetish parties, uh, sex conference and things like that, I was better able to navigate what I wanted to try. You know, when people walked up to me and like, hey, you want to try this? And I would be like, hmm, yeah, I want to try that, you know, and I would be able to ask them questions like, hey, what's your level of experience? Do you know, I would, because of my knowledge of this checklist, I can now mm -hmm. use that to kind of give an interview to people on you know, if we're not even having sex, like a guy walked up to me once and he wanted to, to spank me at a party, you know, and I was like, how do you know all the, you know, what's this, that, and, and it was actually a nice thing because I was able to articulate, you know, from the, ch the checklist, what are you able to do? Do you know how to do that? Have you ever done it before? Do you know where to hit, how to hit, you know, mm -hmm. and things like that. Question. So, yeah, you, you can set boundaries with strangers, <laughs> and a checklist helps you do that, so it's, it's awesome. Okay, so what if the, Nadia, you touched upon this, what if the partner isn't willing, does that, is that a deal breaker for the relationship? Yes, for me, like, if it's something that, that I into and that I want to, and my partner is not okay with me exploring that with someone else, then that's a deal breaker for me personally because I have, and people are like, well, what if this is a different person? And what if it's this? And what if it's that? Well, I tell people I've been in relationships. I me it's nothing against you it's not personal it's no disrespect it just lets me know that maybe you're not the person for me and I have to be aware of that okay okay I agree 
no compromise. Uh, <laughs> I think I've tried the compromising <laughs> stages and I've like shut half of myself off because mm -hmm. of that. And then ultimately, like, I'm not happy. Uh, and I would like force it or try to like make it work. Eh. But ultimately, I'm not happy within the relationship. So if it's not happening the way that I want it to here, I'm going to actually start finding other reasons as to why I'm upset. No one can allow I'm upset because I ain't getting it how I want it. So, but I, I say I did the compromise. I'm too old right now to be able to talk about I'm compromising with anybody. And again, if it's, as Victoria said, if, if right now it's at the stage, if it's not you, it's not you. Mm -mm. And you might not be. I mean, that's why I'm glad you asked, you asked the question of like, how early do you talk about these things? Because it's important to talk about these things well in advance before it even gets to that point where you're like, well, now we're in the thick of it. We didn't settle with each other. And now there, there are things that I've always wanted to do. And now I got to bring it up. It's better to talk about it from the beginning. Like I get as far as maybe like a second date and it's like, okay, let's have conversations about, you know, our sexual health practices. Let's talk about what we're into. Like let's talk about like the emotional intimacy and the sexual intimacy. And then it's like, all right. We, we've talked about a lot of different things. Let's, let's you know, maybe more people, people lie. lie. They better not. But see, that's the thing. People need to not. But people need to not. And that's the thing. Like, usually when I, like, I can only speak for myself, and this is what I try to encourage people to do. It's like, from the beginning, like, look at me. Be honest, all right? Like, I don't care what you're into. Just tell me what it is. I might be into the same thing. Just tell me. Be honest. Because if you break that trust with me, that's it. Like, I'm done I'm walking away. There's no later on being like, oh, well, you know, the thing I held back on when I told you, like, I'm being vulnerable here. I'm, I'm, here's your here's your moment to present everything on a platter of all the things you could possibly do. No judgment. What are you into? As long as whatever you're into is with somebody or something consenting, tell me what that is. And it's like any anything after that, like they they can't really. I mean, it, it's if there's something they don't want to disclose right away, that's fine. But the, there's the idea that that exists. Mm -hmm. That's okay as long as it's not like springing up on somebody later. And then sexual tastes do change, and people will eventually be like, "Well, there's a new thing I found. You want to try that, or this is what I might be into, also." And that's fine too. But as long as from the beginning you've laid all the cards on the table, so it's like you don't have to do all that weird awkwardness in the beginning or that or the later stages of the relationship. You know? Agree. Agree. Role playing in toys, right? What role do they play in the gratifying sexual experience? Nadia, I know you said you over toys. <laughs> but I love role playing like that is my shit because one I feel like I'm an actress <laughs> all in myself so, when I'm in character I'm in character honey like it goes from beginning to the end we be over and it'd be like girl girl <laughs> come back to the scene but honestly it's role playing is it's just so you can do so much with it um and it, it constantly just gives you an opportunity to put on a another persona uh, and to show up and to kind of be all extra. Um, and it free, it like, it, it has the ability to make it more freeing. Um, and so forth, if you are actually pretending to be someone else. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Role playing for me is just another aspect of who I am. So I don't even consider it role playing, but like, I, I totally agree. I love it. And it just gives you a, another platform to kind of just act out yourself. For me, it's just another aspect of myself. I love toys. Like when I was, um, I never really used toys before. I became a sex toy reviewer and that's because I started getting toys for free. <laughs> and that's when I learned, okay, I like rechargeable. Don't like the battery operated stuff, right. you know, um, <laughs> because it takes me a little longer to reach my climax. So it's like use it three times and it's dead, you know. So I, I prefer rechargeable. Um, I use it by myself. Um, masturbation is like me time. It's my intimacy time. It's my self love time. Um, so like I use it for myself. I've had partners like come in and like oh what were you doing I was masturbating they're like huh like because they think that it's a replacement no it's not it's just my thing that I I love to do I love toys I use them during sex especially when um I'm doing I guess they call it doggy doggy style or what do they call it uh whatever when you're on all fours I love using it during during that time I 
I feel like they have all these different types of toys. They have the suction ones, and then they have, like, the rumbly ones and the vibrant. There's just so much to explore in the world of toys. Like, every time you think that you've tried it all, it's like, boom, there's something new. <laughs> so I'm absolutely just fascinated with, with everything. <laughs> and I like to use them together. Like, I'll use, like, a... Um, something that penetrates with something that, you know, clitoral, something mm -hmm. that's suction with something that's, you know, just vibrating. And just to get all of these different stimulations, especially since we now know the size of the clit is like so much better. So I'm like searching around for these different spots, trying mm -hmm. to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so I just use them for like everything and I enjoy them. Okay. So that leads into my next question. Probably for Taj and Victoria. Are there any beginner sex toys that you can recommend? Like assuming that a viewer has never used one. Oh man. <laughs> it's just, it depends on what a person's into. Like it's okay. So I usually recommend like a person kind of do a little bit of exploring of their body and figuring out like what sensations they like to feel. Um where their erogenous zones like where they're most sensitive or like what kind of sensation do you like a lot of rumbling do they like a fuzzing versus rumbling do they like penetration versus uh clitoral stimulation or even men like men there are sex toys for or should i say penis owners there are so it depends on what you like first and then you start to explore start with something where you don't have to invest a ton of money um so like there are a lot of things on my site for example where it's like it starts like you get there are like your basic bullets you know, like your basic bullet where it's like, if you want to do like clitoral stimulation, you want to um, explore that, start with something that has like multiple different settings where you can put it on a lower one and it can start like, um, like a regular, like a low current kind of buzzing. And then maybe try like a rumbling or a pulsation. Um, the FemFun bullet that I have on my side, like that's one where I could recommend it's like there are different settings on it or, or anything from Satisfier. They have a lot of really good ones. Um, like the, their clitoral stimulators are really good and they're really good price points too. So it's like you start with something simple and you just kind of like try something like try the next level after that. Um, for anal stimulation, I would say you want to try maybe plugs and definitely do something with a base on it. Don't try anal stimulation for beginners. Yeah, because honestly, some people, okay, so beginning, Um, if that's your thing and you want to start out with that, get something simple, something like get maybe um, a set where it's like a graduated set where it's like it goes from one level of um, width to the next. So you can try that with just like a plug and uh, like I said, definitely make sure it's something where it has a base and it can't get suction in because like then it's lost and then you got to go to the hospital and nobody needs that stress. So it's like start with something that's gradual, you know, like a set where it's like it gets a little bit bigger and bigger. Um, or if you want something that has penet that's penetrated, just get like a, I suppose, like a nice, simple, you know, whatever size you feel is right, like a nice little simple. So those start to get just journey started there and then get one with like a clitoral stimulator or whatever else. It depends, it depends on what you're into because there's a range of different things. It, it kind of feels nuts. That's right. <laughs> you have anything to add, Victoria? I was just going to say that a nice beginner sex toy would be a rechargeable bullet <laughs> to me that would just be a good beginner sex toy I mean that's what I recommend my friends to start with that's what I started with a little small purple mm -hmm. vibrator particularly for women because a lot of women that I've talked to they come in because they're not being totally satisfied in the bedroom they're like oh you know that's why a lot of them think that toys are replacements for bodies because mm -hmm. they're like oh i need a toy because i'm not getting what i need in the bedroom so a lot of times that's because there's mostly just penetrative sex and not enough stimulation and women need more stimulation in order to reach orgasm so i just recommend starting there and then from there they usually go up <laughs> up and up and up to something different um if they're really into the toys so yeah just a a, a little bullet will get you started 
That's a great segue into the next question. You talked about, you mentioned orgasms and orgasms, hot topic. Unfortunately, a lot of women are still suffering in silence. So what would you say to a woman who's never had one and they don't even know what they need to do to have one? Oh, honey, (laughs) have one as soon as you can. Um, Back to one of the points that I made a little while ago, you have to figure out what it is that you like. there are different ways to get to orgasm. There are probably different, 13 different types of orgasms that a person can have. Um, but it's a matter of self-exploration mm-hmm. and really being unafraid to, to go over all the different parts of your body. So it's, it's, it's more specifically, you know, in your genital area, like with the clitoris, like that's spe- that was made specifically for pleasure. It has no other purpose. So if you want to have an orgasm, at some point you're going to have to interact with, with the clitoris um, as, as, a, as a vulva owner, um, you could, so, and, and there are a number of different ways that, that could happen too. There's direct clitoral stimulation, but you, it depends on whether or not you do have a, a like someone who has a more sensitive clitoris and it's probably too much. But then the clitoris also um, extends into the body and wraps around and affects the G zone as well. So it's a matter mm-hmm. of feeling in, in, like doing self-exploration and feeling which parts get you to the point where it's like, oh, this is good, let me continue to do that. The more you continue to explore your body in a way where it's like, listen to your body and, and go with what feels good. And eventually you start to feel that build up. And it's, it's, a, it's a feeling like if you never had it, it's like it's gonna, you're going to not want to stop it because it feels that good. So you just go with it. Just continue to go with it. And then once you get to that point where it's like, you reach a point, it, it, you can you should do that every day. It's like, I mean, you know, don't, don't, don't break it, you know, don't overdo it, but like as much as possible, whenever you get the, the time to explore your body, do that. And then continue to, and then after you graduated from like just using your own, um, your own hands to explore your body, like maybe introduce toys and then go from there, you know, but definitely. Well, there's no way I could cover this topic and not address, someone's volume is up. Someone, turn your volume down just a little, I'm getting feedback. Can you all hear a dog barking? Uh-uh. Okay, good, perfect, okay. So there's no way I could cover this topic without addressing this next area of concern and that's about trauma and trauma keeping us disconnected from our bodies. So how can we begin to reconnect to our body you know, after trauma? And that could be mental, sexual, physical, historical trauma. Mm, for me, I always um, recommend this practice that I learned at a, my very first sex conference called unpacking. Basically, unpacking is going back to where your ideas of sex and things like that originated. And then just, if you want to, writing those things down and saying, oh, that who that came from and, and how do you think it impacted your sexuality, positive, negative, neutral and things like that, because a lot of times we aren't aware of that aspect. So it's difficult to to try and heal something when you're not even totally aware of it. It's so ingrained into the society as normal, as as acceptable, that, that you don't even realize. I know at my first conference, I was like, oh, oh my goodness, is that what was happening to me? Oh, you know what I mean? Because I didn't understand. So you really have to go through this process of unpacking, unpacking those negative thoughts and those negative feelings and figuring out where did they originate and and how they've impacted your sexuality. And from there, there's a number of things you can do because I always tell people, you notice how the divorce rate went up and then all of these sex therapists just popped up out of nowhere. <laughs> you know that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so from there, once you do this unpacking thing, you can go find you a therapist. You can go on your own little journey of taking your time and exploring in an objective way, which is what I did initially. Like, I was like, I'm not going to put my feelings in sex. I'm not going to put my emotions in sex. Because a lot of times as women, that's what we're taught we do. That's just what women do, you know. But I was like, no, that's not what I'm going to do, you know, so once you unpack these things and you realize these thoughts and things that you've had or that you have, and and you can say, hey, well, you know, my mom felt that, that way. I never agreed with her, but I just thought mom was right, and mom thought she was right, too. She didn't know that she wasn't right, you know, um, and so you can just go 
back into dating or back into the, the, the world of sex and you can think about these things objectively and, and kind of change your mind about them and thus change your entire experience. And, and that has been so healing for me because it's kind of like, oh, I thought that was this. I thought that was that. I've actually gone into, I've actually in my head recreated scenarios that made me feel like less than or made me feel like you know what I mean mm -hmm. I've actually recreated those kind of scenarios in an empowering way you know and that was very healing for me so the very first thing I would say is go go back retract and think about all of those feelings and thoughts that you have about sex and unpack those and that's how we start to heal mm -hmm. okay. okay I agree uh, that and I definitely feel like for sexual trauma, like apps, I well, licensed therapist, <laughs> somebody to talk about it and um and really get to the, the root of healing it because that's something that can severely impact how you experience intimacy and what it all means to you. Um and then we do have things like unpacking like, you know, generational and um racial trauma for and, and things like that. So definitely getting to the core of that and then finding healthy ways to practice to put it all into practice once you started to do the work okay. slut shaming sex work promiscuity all words that we hear in a negative light how do we how do we shift the dial on that kind of thinking and what conversations should we be having hmm. well <laughs> <laughs> um i just i i it's it's just unfortunate that we we have we are at we're still at a point where sex is considered such a a bad thing or something and i mean honestly the the promiscuity and the slut shaming is usually placed on women yeah. so yeah. It, and it's unfortunate because it's a way to take away our power because there's nothing disempowering about sex when you're actively doing it again when you're consenting to it um, and it's just unfortunate that it's still something that is used to make it, to, to use to limit us in our options and, and how we use our bodies, how we control our reproduction and, and all of that. Um, and I think that it's a matter of us reclaiming, again, reclaiming our identities, reclaiming our bodies and going after what we really want and having the important conversations with our partners and basically actually living our best damn lives to be totally honest like if you want to have sex with a person have sex with a person like getting rid of the idea of virginity and having a, a, a number and all the other stuff and and giving a giving a, a shit about what other people think like you if you're as long as you're enjoying yourself and being safe emotionally and physically and everything else with your with the partners that you have there's no there's nothing wrong with it if it's a matter of um I mean, some people have their spiritual beliefs and things like that but it's like you have to get to the, the to the bottom of that too like do you how do you how do you balance all of that? But anything that brings you shame or anything that brings you fear, you're gonna have to sort that out because that's not healthy. Fear tells us that we should avoid something, but there's nothing to be avoided when it comes to sex. Again, as long as you're consenting and you're in, in your right mind when you're doing it. So hopefully we can get to a point eventually where we're empowering each other as women and empowering and continuing to put to the forefront that there's nothing wrong with sex if we can explore it as much as we want to. I definitely agree with that. I think when you think about wanting to be able to celebrate yourself um as a woman and be out and, and about just like with what you're doing it's important that you actually recognize for yourself that it, there is no shame in what you like and how you like it and when you like it and how many times you want it like it, it, it it's okay but first you have to understand like and really talk to yourself around ignore all the other factors those things you you often think they would have gone somewhere from like childhood because those are like things that are like stuck from growing up and it's like no if you had this many it's like what's your number all of that stuff and as you get older you kind of wish or you think that it will disappear but no i actually had a grown man ask me my what's my number the other day i was like what do you wow. like, what do you like wait a minute every new decade ain't be shit what are you talking about <laughs> my number and then i was like for who like what what are you gonna do with that information what does it matter and then i was like so then and, and why why is that important like i would never ask you your number but it's the the stigma that's attached to women and not being able to actually have uh multiple partners as Tasha said as, as long as you're safe 
and you're consenting to a lot of what's happening, like bump all the labels, throw them joints out the window. But it's for you as a woman to start being comfortable within yourself to not even want to be under a label mm -hmm. uh, and not claim that yourself um, and put it out there in that way. Right. I think that also we need more solidarity amongst women. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I see a lot of women subscribing to, you know, and co-signing these patriarchal ideas against other women, you know, being a pick me and stuff like that. A lot of conversations and, and you know, clashing that I have is with other women because you need to be this or that or, you know, and these ridiculous questions that I see circulating the internet like this one question was like can a man tell if you had sex with another man no <laughs> you know what I'm saying like stop entertaining this ridiculousness because it's ridiculous as women we need to and I and I see even women who are who claim to be sexually liberated or, or preach a sexual liberation message like if you're a certain type of sexually liberated person they don't want to buy they don't want to mess with you if you're a sexually liberated sex worker no we can't we can't bother with you you know what i mean and and people are like oh you know on the internet they make these little judgments like oh you sure have a lot of this or you have a lot of that and then they defend themselves by saying oh because I'm a professional, you know, <laughs> like that. Okay. So, no, stop doing that. Stop giving people an explanation for why you exist mm -hmm. in the way that you exist, because mm -hmm. that's shame to me. That's you trying to cover what you do and, and the things you have and the things you possess. Okay, if I got a million sex toys, if I got a million partners, don't worry about me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I feel like as women, there's so much ingrained. It's like it's here you know, and they don't even see it, like, they don't, they don't understand that that's what they're doing, and they'll argue with you, like, no, that's not, I was just trying to, no, you're feeding into the patriarchy, you're feeding these ideas about sex work, and, and the number of partners, and things like that, look what you're doing, you don't, they don't, they see the tree, they don't see the forest, well, you know, type mm -hmm. of deal. I agree, I agree. We've come to the last call where I ask the guest, you, to share your final thoughts. What's one thing you hope a viewer um, takes away from this interview? Um, I can start <laughs> with this one. I, I think for all the viewers and folks out there, it's important to just be you. Uh, and be happy with who you are. And it's about taking the steps to get there. You might not be there right now, but there's little pieces that you can kind of do to, to get there where you're ultimately in a space where you love yourself and you're always ready to celebrate your sexy. So one day at a time, keep pushing it forward, but be you and be your authentic self because that's essentially how you're ultimately going to get what you want in terms of sexual gratification. Well said. <laughs> you want to leave it at that? You want to go Okay, well, I think that what people should get out of this is that everybody's different. And just because one person likes vanilla, one person like, likes kinks, some person has a fetish you've never heard of, it's okay, you know? We, we all come from different backgrounds, different cultures, different, you know, we have different interests. We all have different careers. So why can't we accept that we all have different sexual interests? I guess because sex is so taboo, but just accept people for what they are. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like we're different. That doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's, it just is. I would say, I would hope that people take away from this that it's okay to start where you are. Uh, right now we're all quarantined. This is this is good <laughs> self-reflection time. <laughs> this is perfect self-reflection time. So it's like, you know, like take the time to to really dig deep and and figure out what it is that you like. Without and and do that work of figuring out is there something holding me back? We you have time now. It's start today. Like it's never too late. No matter how old you are, no matter what you look like, no matter who or what you're into. Like 
get into it and don't be afraid of it and, and love yourself first before you can, I mean, it sounds very cliche, but like love and explore yourself first and then you'll, you'll blossom from there and you'll have a lot to share with other people, but definitely start there. It's okay. Great. Great. Well, that brings us to the end of this show. I would like to thank you, my guests. Thank you to the viewers for tuning in to Nightcap with B. Brown. Be sure to like, share, and follow. Before we go, I want each of you to give your social media handles and let people know where they can find you. We'll start with Nadia, followed by Victoria, and then Tasha. Hello, it is Boudoir by NK. That's my Instagram, so Boudoir by NK. Uh, and my website is www.boudoirbynk.com. Okay. So, yeah, I have a lot of handles, so I'm trying to remember them all. Okay, so, first, so first, um, Satin Kiss, you can follow, first go to the website, Satin Kiss, it's www.satinkiss.me. And on Instagram, it's satinkiss.me. On Twitter, it's satinkissme. On Facebook, it's Satin Kiss. So, yeah, that's, that's all the handles. <laughs> Victoria. Okay, so my uh, website is www.prettypinklotusbud.org. The org stands for orgasms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my handle on Facebook and on Instagram are Pretty Pink Lotus Bud, and then on um, Twitter it's Pretty Pink Lotus Bud without the vowels, and that is also my Cash App handle. Hey. Plug it, girl, plug it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's it for me. All right. And I'm B Brown. You know, you can find me at She is B Brown across all platforms, as well as Nightcap with B Brown. Thank you again once more to my guests. Thank you to my viewers for tuning in. And until next time, good night. Good night. Bye. Good night. <laughs> good night.